Hi, I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. Come on. Was worship good this morning? I love worshiping Jesus. It's so fun having uh, the majority of, uh, of the family all together in one room to worship. If you're visiting, we usually have Saturday night services and Sunday morning. Uh, but for the month of July, we have consolidated just to Sunday, Sunday morning. So we all get to worship Jesus together, and I am loving it. Come on. Something, something powerful happens in agreement, amen? And uh, he inhabits the praise of his people. And so some powerful things are happening, shifts are happening. Um, I got some good news and I got an announcement before we, we jump in. Uh, so just an update on outreach the last couple of weeks. Um, as Stacy mentioned, we got outreach teams that go out every Saturday, and then we also have a ministry run by the Evermans that goes and feeds feeds the homeless downtown. Uh, cares on them, loves on them, prays for them every every Monday evening. They have powerful, incredible things. You know, we shared a couple of months ago. Uh, they brought back pictures of a man with. Um, uh, uh, satanic tattoos on his forehead and neck on his knees receiving Jesus crying under the power the power of God <clears throat> how many people know the love of God breaks the yoke of the enemy and uh, he, he watched them love on people week after week almost in secret they didn't know that he was observing him observing them but the love was breaking down the walls and the barriers of his heart till he came forward and and said, what do, I, what do I have to do to meet Jesus? So that's, that's powerful. But our Saturday outreach, two Saturdays ago, they had six people accept Jesus. They had uh, healed shoulders, uh, a knee that had popped out of socket healed, headaches healed, feet healed. Um, and then those, many of those who received Jesus were those who got healed. It's amazing how the love of God put on display is what pierces people's hearts. And then um, this past uh, Saturday, not yesterday, but the Saturday before, um, they had four people who accepted, uh, no, actually, I'm reading it wrong. They, had, they, had, they met a man who four days ago had attempted suicide. He had his shoulder fully healed by Jesus and then gave his life to Jesus. He... He, he renounced all addictions to alcohol, drugs, and pornography, and his friend who was with him had his hamstring healed as well. Come on, Jesus. God's in a good mood. Awesome. All right, we got a couple of, we got, uh, we're in the middle of uh, summer of fun, so one of the reasons we reduced down to one service is so that we could hang out together more. Over, over the summer and create space just for fellowship and connection and get to know each other. So we got uh, a couple Saturdays um, remaining, sorry, Sundays remaining in the month 
So today we're having sandwiches um, that are available for sale in the lobby after. We got tables and chairs set up. We got coloring stuff for the kids. So if you'd like to just hang out after church and not feel like you need to rush out, uh, you can pick up a croissant sandwich and they got chips and all the stuff with it. And the youth are, are selling sweets and goodies. They have youth camp next weekend. So you can support them as well and just have a sandwich and dessert and just hang out and fellowship um, next week. We have um, a barbecue sandwich uh, plates available. And uh, again, you can, if you pre-order, you get a discount. Uh, so there's cards on your seats. If you scan that or up there on the screen, you can also go to the app. But if you pre-order uh, your lunch, you get a discount, and it helps us know how much to order. But there still will be uh, a limited amount available for sale um, the day of. But that's available. And then... On uh, the 30th, sorry, on the 23rd, we're having a, a day at the park. So you can bring a picnic, and we're going to a park, uh, I believe, in Buda, where they have a splash pad, and uh, we'll have all the details on that. Uh, so you can cool off and, again, uh, have a picnic and fellowship. And then the last, the last Sunday of the month, on the 30th, we are going to be back here, but we're going bigger. We're having a, a little, we're having a food fun and game, so we're going to have uh, a lot of stuff for the kids, activities. We're going to have a little uh, a little festival-type uh, thing happening with lots of activities and games. And uh, we're going to have ice, ice cream truck, maybe cotton candy uh, machine. We're going to have food and, and all kinds of activities happening. So please, especially mark your calendar for July 30th to hang out after service. We're going to have a lot of fun together. So there it is. Yay, gone. All right. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. How many people were here last week for Dan McCollum's message? Oh, thank you, Father. It's so good, and Dan is uh, such a friend of this house and just a father in our movement, and uh, he, he is a prophet, uh, but he's in a, you know, carries real apostolic authority as a prophet, and uh, he spoke into our house, and it was one of the most decisive, uh, specific words that I feel like we've received as a house in a while. And it was so powerful, and he, he called out our identity and calling as a house of being a, uh, a stake in the ground for the miraculous power of God in Austin, Texas. And he really called us, he, he, um, he commissioned us again to run after that and to not grow weary in doing good, but to stay the course and to accept that assignment and run with it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so today, we're going to be, with that theme, we're going to be carrying that theme, and we're going to be talking about miracles and restoration. Six people are excited about that. <laughs> Miracles and restoration, because how many people know that God has a bigger heart for our city than we do? Like, I have a big heart for this city, and I believe you have a big heart for this city, but it pales in comparison for God's heart for this city, and our heart for the people the hurting and broken people of this city pales in comparison to God's heart for them. 
So we're not trying to convince God to come and do something that's on our heart. We're learning to line up with what's already on his heart. <laughs> and when we line up with what's on his heart, the grace of heaven flows because he's already decided that he wants to do it. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> How many people, you just, you love people. And you want to see people reconciled back to the Father. You want to see people uh, recognize their identity. You want to see people encountered by the love of God that transforms their life and their family. Again, that's our heart. It pales in comparison to his heart for that. You've heard me say it so many times, but John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life for God so loved the world. Meaning that in the beginning that God was madly in love with the world, which is why he sent Jesus. He didn't send Jesus to go and test the waters and go, hey, hey, son, go down there and see if they're worthy of my love. That wasn't the assignment. <laughs> that, that God was already madly in love with the world, which is why he sent Jesus to extend access and reconciliation to that love. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. And we are an extension of that assignment. And listen, it's about the love of God. Can I get an amen on that? It is about the love of God. It is about the love of the Father that transforms individuals and families. I still, it is, it is a powerful practice to just take some time to remember and meditate when the love of the Father changed your life. <laughs> you know what? That'll change your week right there. Take 15 minutes and just meditate or remember with thanksgiving when the love of the Father changed your life. But on this, the miraculous is restoration, which is the overflow of the heart of God. And the re reason I love the miraculous is, is not for the miraculous itself. Listen, I love, I love miracles, but what I love more than miracles is the fact that God so loves his children that he chooses to do the miracles. Listen, that I love that there is no separation between heaven and earth. That we're trying to earn our way to something that isn't already provided. <laughs> and the reason, the reason that I love the miraculous, the reason that God releases the miraculous is so that people have that, that, that now moment with the love of the Father. I love the light bulb. What I, what I refer to as the light bulb moment, when you could see the light come on in people, the revelation that God has just touched them, that God is near right now. And you know what's amazing is that that inside every, every miracle, the, the essence of the gospel, the essence of the gospel is encapsulated in every miracle. 
Listen, I'm trying to, I'm trying to break down that I believe the spirit of religion has tried to categorize the, uh, the miraculous in some type of toolbox or some type of seeking attention or something other than central to the heart of the Father. Because the spirit of religion has tried to make it a, a thing instead of an extension of his heart. Listen, it's not a practice. It's an extension of the love of God. The, in every miracle, the essence is encapsulated. Like when, when someone who's had pain for 15 years and the doctors can't help them and they live with it every day and that pain is gone in a moment because someone stepped out in faith and believing and prayed and that, and that pain is gone and they're completely restored, something happens in that moment. There is a transference of identity that happens in that moment. Listen, it's not just a like, woohoo, high five, I put another notch on my belt and post it on social media, woohoo, saw another person healed. No, you way missed the point. If that's our response, right? What we're looking for is that transference of identity when the light comes on and that person who had pain for 15 years all of a sudden has this encounter with the reality that number one, God must be real. Hmm. Number two, God must be available. And number three, God must love me. And that is the essence of the gospel right there. And how, how long could it, without that encounter, how long could it teach, take to teach someone into that level of revelation? Weeks, months, years? <laughs> and instead it happens in a moment. <laughs> in Colossians chapter 1 it says, For it pleased the Father, 119, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, speaking of Jesus, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, through himself, whether things in heaven or things on earth, having made peace through the blood of his cross. For it pleased the Father to reconcile what things? All things. To reconcile all things, it actually gives the Father pleasure. How many people know that you were created in the image of God? How many of us know that our neighbor who doesn't go to church still created in the image of God? They're just not yet living up to the fullness of what they were created for. Created in the image of God. And, and everything, when sin came into the picture, things were allowed to get out of alignment with the image that he created. Listen, how many people know that divorce is out of alignment? <laughs> Listen, how many people know that gender confusion is out of alignment? <laughs> that these things that are out of alignment, listen, that cancer is out of alignment. Any of these things, right, that are out of alignment, that when they come back into alignment, the way he created it, <laughs> it brings the emotion of pleasure <laughs> to, your fa- to our heavenly father. How many people like a little bit of order in your life. <laughs> Maybe a lot, like it brings, 
Like it brings peace at some level, right? When the, when the, we, we have young kids, right? Like you come home and the house is a mess. It's tore up. Everything is like, oh my goodness. Ah. Right? Your, your car, your car is breaking down. It's on the verge of like giving up on you. And you're like, it's, it's a point of stress. It's like, oh, every day you go to start the car, like, oh, is it going to work today? I'm stressing out. Am I going to be late? Is today the day is going to conk out on me? But you go, and maybe God miraculously gives provision, and you go, and you get it fixed, and the, you get it back from the mechanic, and it's perfect, and it's humming, and it works great, and you're like, oh, that feels good. That's the way it was designed to work. Listen, when things that are out of alignment come back into alignment, the way he created it, it gives the emotion of pleasure to our heavenly father. Thank you, Jesus. Acts, let's start at Acts chapter 10. See Isaiah 61 on the back wall and nothing. There we go. All right. Acts, Acts chapter 10. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Let's, let's, let's read that together again. How God anointed Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Someone say anointed. anointed. Someone say good. good. That Jesus was anointed by God. It means covered, smeared with an assignment, with the purpose, with what was already on the Father's heart. Jesus was empowered to see that thing come to pass. And that anointing here, it's summarized in this verse that under that anointing that Jesus went about doing good. I want to read out of Isaiah 61. And for those of you who don't know, this, this is the prophet Isaiah speaking of, prophesying of the Messiah and what the Messiah is going to walk in and operate in, that anointing that we were talking about in Acts 10. And Jesus, when he steps into his ministry, he comes into the temple and he opens the scroll of Isaiah and he reads this passage that we're about to read as a declaration of basically, hello, I've arrived. This is, this, this is a declaration of the characteristic and nature of the ministry that by the extension of the Father I'm bringing to the planet. But I want to read it here in Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. 
to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Listen, listen to the details. What is this assignment? In Acts, in Acts 10, Jesus was anointed and he went around doing good. And it says there that he was healing all who were oppressed of the enemy. But what does doing good and healing look like? Because here's a fuller description of what, that, of what Acts 10 summarizes. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now Jesus went around doing good. What does good look like? Everything we just read. And he was healing all of those who were oppressed of the devil. Listen, what does healing look like? It doesn't just look like, oh, that person who had knee pain for three months and the knee pain's better. No, healing, the greater understanding and revelation of healing is to restore that which has got out of alignment to bring back into alignment. Healing all who are oppressed of the devil. That yes, that would include back pain, but it also includes restoring marriages that are on the verge of divorce. It also includes restoring children that are, that are wayward and, and run away. It also includes restoring people who are dying on their deathbed. It, it, it includes restoring business relationships. It includes restoration in all of its forms. And that's what brings pleasure. To the heart of the Father. Thank you, Jesus. I have, you know, in teaching on healing and the miraculous, obviously, you know, it's, that's been a big part of my ministry for years. And uh, in teaching, doing healing seminars, conferences, um, raising up healing teams, any of that, one of, the, one of the key questions that is always asked, and it is a beautiful question and such an important question, and the question is, what happens when someone doesn't get healed? And it's such a good question. The, the issue is that the root of that question is still tied to what the spirit of religion has tried to do and make it, a, make it an exercise, make it a practice, make it a task, make it an extension, not recognizing that it's just an overflow of the love of the Father. Why? Because the answer to that question is this. People getting healed, physically healed, is only the second part of the equation. It's priority number two. <laughs> it's priority number two. What is priority number one? That people have an encounter with the love of the Father. 
<laughs> they have an identity encounter. Listen, that when if someone comes in, right, and they got a, they got a knee brace on and they, they tore a ligament in their knee and they come in and they don't know Jesus or they have they have church hurt and wounds and they're distant from the Father, right? And they come in and they're if they come in, they get prayer, their knee gets healed, but they walk out and their heart is still broken and hurting and they don't trust God and they're distant from him, did we succeed? No. But listen, if they come in with the same knee brace and their heart is broken and hurting and they're distant from God and the love of the Father comes upon them and he brings restoration to their heart and he brings the love of God and identity explodes and, and forgiveness and acceptance happen and they walk away in the spirit of adoption. Oh, he loves me and I'm in love with him. I can feel him holding me. If they walk out with a healed heart and a hurt knee, did God win? Yeah. Yes, absolutely, 100%. But here's the key. If your heart is that healed, guess what? Your knee isn't far behind. <laughs> so the answer to the question is did people have a love encounter because that's the goal that's the goal is that people have a love encounter the rest the rest is secondary and when we're when we're ministering in the love of God when we are when we are being Christ-like to the world, listen, you shouldn't be Christian without Christ. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. <laughs> you shouldn't be Christian without Christ, but Christ literally means the anointed one. The anointed one, the one who is smeared by God for that assignment that is the extension of his heart to bring it to the earth. And Jesus in John 20 breathed on the disciples and said, as I was sent, in the same manner I send you. You shouldn't be Christian without Christ, and Christ means anointing. Yes, first, Savior, you need Christ as your Savior. But as the representation of your Savior, who saved you and healed you and redeemed you, we should overflow the love of the Father that brings transformation. In um, Isaiah 61 again, I want us to look at this. If God went around doing good, Let's look at this again. What does good mean? Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news or good tidings to the poor, to the poor, those who are in need. Those who are in need. Jesus didn't come for those who are well. He came for those who are in need, who are aware that they have a need. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison doors to those who are bound, 
That's deliverance. That's deliverance in its fullness. Break off the bonds and open the prison's doors. Set the captives free. The deliverance of the, that the love of the Father brings. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This represents reconciliation and the resulting favor of that reconciliation. Let that one sink in for a moment. When you're reconciled to the Father, favor should follow you where you go. And the day of vengeance of our God, what is this? Judgment against, judgment against all that is in opposition to God and his people. That was better news than your response. <laughs> To comfort all who mourn, to be consul to those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil, I just love this line, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. What is this? Emotional healing, restoration, and the resulting joy that comes with wholeness and being reconciled or connected to the Father. I just want to say that again. That's emotional healing. Listen, Jesus went around doing good. He's not just shooting off your gun. Woohoo, we got another one. Notch the belt. Make the, make the post on social media. No, he went around doing good, bringing reconciliation and restoration in all of its forms. When, when, we're going to keep going, but when, when God encountered Moses in the burning bush and he told Moses, he was sending Moses back into Egypt to deliver his people, and Moses said, who should I tell them that sent me so they'll know? And God said, go and tell them that I am. Thank you, God, for clar clarifying. <laughs> and Moses needs more clarity, so he said, tell him that I am that I am. Yeah. All right, great. We got it straight now. Thank you <laughs> for that additional clarity. <clears throat> Go and tell him that I am. Why did God not, why did God actually not give Moses a name? You've heard me say this before, but it's, because there's no individual name that can fully describe the fullness and the nature and the divinity of God. That it, God could have told Moses, go and tell him that I'm the deliverer. And that would have been true, but there's more truth. Go and tell him I'm the healer. Again, absolute 100% true, but there's so much more truth. Go and tell him I'm your protector. Go and tell him I'm your rock. Go and tell him I'm your provider. Go and tell him any list of the 300 plus names God has, but any one name doesn't encapsulate the fullness of who he is. But he says, go and tell him I am that I am because the true answer is what do you need God to be in that moment? Because he is. <laughs> Yeah. 
emotional healing, restoration, and the resulting joy that comes with wholeness. (laughs) And being connected to our Father. The oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. Next line, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. That, That this is a witness that when we receive all of the above natures of his goodness and facets of his healing, when we receive all of those things, we become oaks of righteousness. We become plantings. We become representations of the strength that is available and the healing and the goodness that is available in God. How many people think the world needs that? And verse four, which we haven't read yet, when all of that happens, what is the result of a people group that received the full nature of the goodness and healing of God? Verse four, and they shall rebuild old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities the desolations of many generations. The result of this overcoming strength and restoration is that cities are rebuilt in the image of God. Come on, that is powerful. It is powerful. And it's what we're after in this city. (laughs) is what we're after. And listen, it's not, it's not the miracle of God, it's the love of God. But you can't separate the love of God from the miracle of God because it's his nature. Maybe I didn't say it right because it was a better point than that. Listen, you can't separate the two. Right? If, if, the miracle of God is just a tool. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, <laughs> the miracle of God is just a tool to put in your belt. I got a screwdriver now and I went to this course and I got a wrench and if it's just another tool to add on, then it is separated from the purpose in which it was released in the first place. And now you got a bunch of people running around trying to get people's eyes on them. And then you got other people who say, I don't want anything to do with that. So I'm just not going to pursue that part of the Father's heart. (laughs) But if we leave that part untapped, we're not going to see ruined cities rebuilt. Come on. The, The display of the love of the Father. Jesus. Listen, it's, it's so central. It's so central 
to the gospel. It's central to the life of Jesus. It's central to the, to the heart, the beating heart of the love of the Father in the life of Jesus. In, I'm just going to run through some real quick. In Matthew 10, uh, Jesus called his disciples together and gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and authority to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Look, we're looking at how central this is to the heart of the Father, to the heart of Jesus, and to the gospel. In Matthew 10, 7 and 8, he says, As you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Go and preach in the same breath, meaning there should be no separation of this reality. Acts 4, 33, with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Hebrews 2, 4, God also bearing witness to the gospel of salvation with both signs and wonders. In the life of Jesus, then in Luke 7, 22 and 23, John the Baptist, who baptized Jesus in the Jordan, but now he is in 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 prison, finds himself in prison, and he sends his disciples to Jesus to go to Jesus and say, are you actually the one or should we be waiting for another? And Jesus' response to this paramount question from John the Baptist, I don't have more time to go into that, but he says this, Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John the things you have seen and heard that the blind see. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. Are you the one? Listen, you shouldn't be Christian without Christ. And if you have Christ, then you should be an extension of his anointing. John the Baptist was asking Jesus, are you the one? Listen, the world is asking the church, are you the one? Are you real? Are you finally the church that represents Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, the Christ, the King? Mark 6. What? The only place that Jesus couldn't do many mighty miracles because he came in, his hometown, Nazareth, started doing miracles. And then, first it says they were astonished. Oh, it's up there already. When the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogues. And, men, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands. But the next verse, the next verse, they begin to wonder, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James? Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us. So they were offended at him. Familiarity can breed offense. Astonishment releases the miraculous. The life of Peter, we just covered Jesus, the man who picked up 
right? We talked about the extension of this anointing, the men who picked up the gospel from Jesus to extend to the outer ends of the earth. Peter, at the very beginning, Acts 2, the Holy Spirit falls upon them. It's now they are commissioned. They are anointed, same as Jesus was. As I was sent, so I send you. The first thing that Peter does, he says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourself also know. In Acts chapter 4, when the authorities are trying to silence Peter under threat of arrest, this is Peter's response. Now, Lord, look on the... I just love this. I just love this right here. Are you ready? Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Yeah, Peter had, Peter had a response for oppression. God, give us more. Increase it. You know, this thing that's stirring up everything, the hornet's nest, all the like, yeah, give us more. It's not time to shrink back. It's not time to cower. It's not time to hide. It's time to ask for power that shakes buildings and raises paralytics up at the city gate. I'm getting myself excited. The life of Paul, Romans 15, 19, in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem roundabout to Elycrium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Again, in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, I have fully preached the gospel. What does that mean? That means if Mighty signs and wonders by the Spirit of God aren't accompanying the message. It's only half been preached. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 5. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but in power. 1 Corinthians 4.20. The kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power. 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Come on, stand to your feet with me this morning. Can I get someone on the the keys or the guitar? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Woo. If we're, if we're not gonna be if we're not gonna be Christians without Christ, and Christ means the anointing, then we should be extensions of the anointing. Listen, it's not for a notch. Listen, even if the person gets healed or doesn't get healed, purpose number one is that they have an encounter with the love of the Father. But what, but what religion has tried to do for so long is that go, oh, we've seen people manipulate that, misuse that, mess that up. So we're going to leave that over here and we're going to try to bring the love without that.
But Paul says, you've only half preached the gospel. Serving people in love is powerful. (laughs) Serving people in love is powerful. And listen, the man on the streets with the satanic tattoos on his head and neck, it was watching people genuinely serve in love that started to melt his heart. But what transformed him was an encounter with the power. The love, the love prepared him. The encounter transformed him. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Listen, we don't have to be good at healing people. We don't have to be good, quote, good at releasing miraculous. We have to be good at releasing the love of the Father. But... We need to break off what religion has tried to do, which means disconnect the miraculous from that love. No, we need to open up our revelation again that it, it is in the love. Oh. Come on, put your hands out. The power of his love. Thank you, Jesus. Just let it come. The power of his love. The power of his love. Yeah, just begin to ask him for more. We're going to release love. We're going to release the power of his love in a minute, but freely, in order to freely give, you have to freely receive. So just ask him for more right now. Listen, you can be timid if you want to or not. (laughs) You can be timid if you want to or someone could grab a hold of his hem and just start pulling until, until heaven, until the heavens are red and the power of God, the anointing starts to flow and come down in extraordinary ways that brings restoration. Listen, in emotional healing, (laughs) That brings restoration in family healing, in marriage healing. That brings restoration in business relationships. That brings restoration in all of its forms, in all of its capacities. Father, we want more. We want more. We want more. Father, the world is trying to tell our young people that you can choose if you want to be a man or a woman. They're trying to tell you you can choose if you want to be a human or a cat. That is the spirit of crazy. That's the spirit of crazy. And it's not in alignment with heaven. So guess what? It's not time to shrink back. It's not time to get quiet. It's not time to huddle in silence. Or it's not time to hide. It's time to ask for more. So right now, ask for more. God, give me boldness, God. Give me 
boldness, anoint us, Father, that when we stretch out our hand, miracles happen, breakthroughs happen, things that, that capture people's hearts, God. The spirit of revelation rides, Father, in these moments, God, and people are awakened to the reality that you are available, you're real, you're available, and you love them. Thank you, Father. We love you. We love you. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.